Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast, a studio DNA podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at thehorriblemoviepodcast.com. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. You can become a patron of our show and the Studio DNA Network by going to patreon.com slash studio DNA to find out more. Now, here's the show. Hey folks, welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. My name is Jack. Thanks for uh, tuning in and downloading. I'll tell you what, this got a very unique episode today. We have on this episode one Richard Serrett, uh, syndicated radio host, uh, television television superstar, and at the end of this podcast, he makes a huge announcement about his new podcast on a huge podcast network. With a very famous WWE wrestler that blew my mind when he said it. Tune in to the end. Um, also, uh, we've got a new segment. Been trying to pump this up. Uh, guys, tell your friends, tell your band friends about this new this new segment. Uh, it is called the Song of the Week. Um, this week's Song of the Week is a song called One More Time by my friend Jessmine Orchard. And I say she's my friend because she's my friend. And we've known each other for a long time. And she's really good. Would you agree, Phil? Oh, yeah. I've already heard the song, and it's good. Really good. Yeah, it <laughs> is. kind of very convincing. It, no, it's that. really good. That's darn good, man. Yeah, the, the guitar is really good on it. Her Saxophone. Voice, her, yeah, and her, her singing is really good. Um, So check this out, folks. Um, we were going to have Song of the Week. And then we're going to work you into Richard Serrett talking conspiracies, and you name it. It's a, quite an episode, folks. It's going to be fun. It's quite an episode. But first things first, here she is, uh, Jessmine Orchard, one more time, uh, the song of the week. Hey, 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 horrible movie podcast listeners. My name is Jessamine Orchard, and here's the world premiere of my new song, One More Time, featuring Ryan Dunn on tenor saxophone. This track is from my new EP, Consequences, which will launch on all major digital retailers and streaming outlets on February 9th. Find out more info at jessamineorchardmusic.com or on my blog at steamit.com backslash at jessamineorchard. I wonder if that sax player is someone she plays with live. Brian Dunn, yeah. They play yep. live. Okay, cool. He's good. I'm in. 
skin and feel and I know you'll never show It was okay and I was alright I wanted you to crash here tonight And I don't know why you don't care I wanted you to sleep right next to me One more time Have we been to Memphis together, Phil? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Have we been? I think we've been to Union and Be- Beale, which is what she was talking about. It's awesome. Yeah. We have been to Beale because we ate at Dyer's Burgers. Yes. Burgers. Yes. On Beale. Yeah. It was good. I've known the sweet sin of darkness. I wonder if she's played the song on Beale Street. I'll have to ask Jasmine that. That'd be That's awesome. cool. What a great song. Um, Jessman went to uh, Memphis in May with my wife, Amanda, uh, many moons ago. Oh, yeah. Many moons ago. And they saw Jason Mraz there. Cool. And among others. Anyway, Jessman, folks, talented. Obviously, she's talented. She's really good. Check it out. Uh, Consequences is, uh, is dropping in February. Uh, check it out. But you know what's next, Phil? You know what's next? Conspiracies. Richard Sarah's conspiracies, folks. I love it. Is awesome. Like bonkers awesome. And he's a great guest. So here we go. Guys, welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. My name is Jack, and you're tuning in here. We've got on this episode Richard Serrett from The Conspiracy Show. He has a new podcast called Conspiracy Unlimited, and he has his TV show, The Conspiracy Show. Richard, welcome. Hey, Jack. Great to be here. Hey, don't forget Coast to Coast. Oh, I yeah. Host, I host Coast to Coast a couple of times a month. There you go. That's a huge... Uh, your your radio show is huge. Coast to Coast is huge, huge. So uh, <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's that's really cool. So um, I wanted to have you on one because you're awesome. I love your um, work on radio, and I listen to Conspiracy Unlimited, and I wanted to have you on to talk about uh, one, a horrible movie that you saw in the drive-in, uh, Queen of Blood. That's right. Um, yes. Tell the folks a little bit about your shows first. Just give uh, folks that have maybe have not, maybe have not caught any of the any, any of that. Tell tell folks a little bit about maybe each or you know just just gloss over it and just kind of tell folks about your stuff. All right. So the conspiracy show is a weekly syndicated radio program. It broadcasts out of Toronto on a big, it's a 50,000 watt blowtorch station. It's actually what we call a clear channel, okay. which means at night we get to boost the uh, the power to the transmitter. And so it just, it carries all the way down the Eastern seaboard to the Carolinas. Yeah, it can amazing. be picked up from Maine to Minnesota. That's Sunday night at 11. And then I have about 40 affiliates across North America, but they, they don't pick it up live. They play it in delays. So uh, it could be any weekday, it could be morning, night, right. uh, afternoon. It, it's all over the place. Yeah, it plays here so, in, in Springfield, I, I believe on a Wednesday, on Wednesday afternoon. 
Uh, and it was my, it was on my commute home last year when I get to listen to it more. I've had more coaching duties after school right now, but you, um, I just love, again, love listening to that show. So it's oh, awesome. Thank you. It's so awesome. So that's, uh, that's the weekly show. And then I just launched in December, a brand new podcast called conspiracy unlimited. And it drops three days a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And I just, uh, put episode 22, uh, to bed this evening and that'll air, uh, next week. So, you know, that's coming along nicely and I'm, I'm fairly new to the podcast world. I mean, my weekly radio show is, is podcast. Uh, but I, I mean, I have nothing to do with that really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this, this podcast is my baby, a conspiracy unlimited. And, um, I, I, uh, I do it from the, uh, the little uh, studio beneath the stairs in the basement, which I've converted <laughs> into a studio. Cool. And uh, it's it's great fun. The TV show you mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of an offshoot of the radio show, it's not shot in studio. It's out in the field. I, 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 I should say was. We did four seasons, and it, uh, it was broadcast across Canada, Australia, parts of Europe, even parts of Africa, I think. Amazing. Uh, Namibia. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? <laughs> Next to South Africa. Cool. I'm not sure what the Namibians make of uh, a Bigfoot and chemtrails. However, you know they have, you know, their own conspiracies too, right? So I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. So, but that that uh, show has pretty well run its course. But it was a great experience, and uh, and then of course, uh, coast to coast a couple of times uh, a month, which I I um, I host out of one of the affiliate stations here in Toronto. Cool. That, so that's yeah. that's pretty well my my uh, my work trajectory. Uh, you stay pretty busy. You um, uh, you do you teach as well? Aren't you a, a professor? Is that right? I I I just finished the uh, the fall semester. I teach uh, at a community college up here, Humber College, in the radio program. I teach. It's called Radio Lab. So I'm teaching uh, sort of feature documentary uh, for radio. So when you when, yeah. when when students see that you're going to be teaching that class, I mean. Are they just lining up to come have you teach them in a, a class <laughs> on radio? You know, uh, people of a certain age, they don't even know of AM radio. <laughs> they don't even they don't even know about FM radio. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they're not impressed, which but is fine. Nor should they be. Well, you know, well, that's not true. But <laughs> your so your podcast, um, how how have you uh I, are you enjoying doing that podcast? I know it's new and it's pretty new. Are you are you enjoying getting to kind of a, you know craft it kind of? I mean, you do that on the conspiracy show, I'm sure. Anyway, but a conspiracy limiter, you getting to kind of craft it on your own, right? So, uh, really yeah, enjoying well, that. I, I mean, I my radio show, even coast to coast, I generally sort of book my own guests and so forth. So, I mean, I I sort of you know um, I do it all. But with the podcast, what I like about it is, I mean. Late night radio is real intimate, but podcasting is even more so. Yes. Now, mind you, it's not live, so you don't have the um, the call in and the feedback. Uh, but there's something about doing the show from my home, and also, it's it's a kind of a different vibe because it's people listen to podcasts, you know, with their with their earbuds while they're on the uh, the elliptical or mm -hmm. what, cutting the grass or whatever. Right. You're right. You're right there in their ear. Uh, and so the vibe is very different. You know, you kind of you can get down to this level and just kind of talk like that, <laughs> just barely above a whisper. Or you don't have to put on the big, you know, the, the do the 
the uh, the FM uh, DJ kind of voice for for radio, where yeah. you're projecting a little bit because the radio might be across the room or it's in the car. You're competing with, uh, you know, the the guy in the back seat or the traffic and so forth. Right. So that's what I like about podcasting. It's right there in the ear. So portable. I found I found with ours, it's like um, I can I can pitch it to people, and that sounds really <laughs> Carnival Barker when I say that, but like. I can pitch it to people. Hey, check this out. Check these other one, you know, other podcasts out because you can plug it. I mean, basically plug it in in your car and drive. If you have a commute that's across town or down the highway, then you can, you know, it's pretty cool. Podcasts are awesome. It's uh, kind of yes, wild. It's, it's kind of it's wild west new, a little bit too. It's my new best friend. It's your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk um, about Queen of Blood. You saw this little gem, little gem in uh, at the drive-in. I almost said in the drive-in. At the drive-in, tell yeah, folks yeah. where where was this drive-in at? Well, at the risk of reopening an old wound. Oh, okay. Well, in I all seriousness, yeah. I was rather traumatized by this. Uh, so we're going to dial it back to 1967, and the drive-in theater in Brantford, which is uh, about 90 minutes southwest of here from where i'm sitting okay. brantford the home of wayne gretzky the greatest oh, hockey player yes whoever strapped on a pair of skates jay silverheels who played tonto in the lone ranger wow the uh, it's the telephone city that's where alexander graham bell conceived the idea for the telephone that's cool so that's that's uh, a little travel um uh cavalcade for brantford so the breezes drive in yeah breezes uh no longer there mm -hmm. there was the breezes and there was the sunset well this was the breezes drive-in and i'm the youngest of five children so when my uh, mother and late father wanted uh to go to a movie kind of hard to get a babysitter for five kids right so they they would take us with them so we all piled into the back of our 19, I think it was a 1962 Plymouth Valiant station wagon. And they had put kind of a foam padding in the uh, in the very back. Okay. And the idea was we were to basically fall asleep, at least the youngest, the younger siblings, myself and my, my um, older sister. We were uh, maybe three and five okay. at the time. So I don't think they had intended for us to actually watch the movie. I remember being carried out into the into the station wagon in my pajamas. And there was something very <laughs> magical about that. Yeah. When you're in your pajamas and your parents would, would carry you out to the car right. while you're in your pajamas yeah. and you're driving somewhere at night. I don't know. I found that very – I'm with you. Just, it, was, it was magic. So we um, – and they – my parents wanted to see uh, Divorce American Style. <laughs> which was a uh, Dick Van Dyke and Debbie Reynolds. Okay, it was a comedy. Why did and, they pair? Uh, why did they pair these two movies at the drive-in? I have no idea. <laughs> what? No idea. So, the um, divorce American style, and I'm not watching, really paying much attention to that. But I, although I have vivid memories of it, um, I love Dick Van Dyke. Anyway, uh, so after that, uh, on comes Queen of Blood. <laughs> which uh, which it came out uh, the year prior, I think 1966, and um, I uh, I have to tell you right now that I was somewhat scarred by this movie. I mean, when you look back at it now, it's pretty cheesy. Yeah. But in 1967, when you're three, and I I woke <laughs> up and I started watching this, you know, this female uh, queen alien vampire. Yeah. Um. 
emptying uh, the blood out of all of these people on the spaceship. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it, it really changed my life in a, in a, in a certain respect. I, I was haunted by uh, vampires in my dreams and nightmares for the next 30 years. Whoa. And I, I, I think it was, I'm not, I don't think I know it was queen of blood, Son of a- uh, with, um, uh, I'm trying to remember the actress's Den- name. Dennis she, Hopper uh, is in this movie, right? Dennis Hopper is in a John Saxon and, and the great Basil Rathbone mm-hmm. who played Shakespeare, uh, or in Shakespeare <laughs> and, and played uh, Sherlock Holmes. Of These course. Are sim- this is similar to Shakespeare, Queen of Blood, <laughs> sure. and anything Shakespeare. It's very Hamlet. Uh, Florence. Florence Marley was the actress's name. She was a, a Czech beauty. Mm. Uh, and she would actually had an interesting career. She would later, she would go on. Uh, she, she starred opposite Ray Milland in uh, The Sealed Verdict. And she was in uh, Tokyo Joe with Humphrey Bogart. Uh, and then later she would, she appeared in some Twilight Zone episodes. And then in, in this film in 1966, and then there was a sequel called Space Boy, I think in 1973. Right. So that was, that was Florence Marley. And she actually got good reviews. Uh, they should, said that she was very credible. So the, the, the premise is that, uh, these, uh, a race of space aliens communicate with the earth that they're going to, they're going to, uh, fly across the galaxy and meet up with with earthlings but they crash on uh on mars yeah. and uh, they send an earth ship to rescue them and there's nobody uh, alive on there except this one unconscious uh female they take her aboard and when she comes to she starts feasting yeah. uh, on so, all of the occupants so and, that's phil that's the premise now so phil you hear this premise of this movie right yeah this it's a crash landed vessel the earthlings go to find the, this person that's crashed, it's an alien. And it, it honestly, hey, I'm telling you right now, Ridley Scott, an alien, had to have take, had to have taken a lot from this plot, 1966. Yeah, they, oh, alien oh. came out, what, 1979? Is that correct, right. Richard? Well, that's, you're, you're, you're spot on. In fact, Curtis Harrington, who was the director, said exactly that. When he saw Alien, he, he thought that it was quite sure that, that Ridley Scott had been influenced by Queen of Blood, and basically said that he just remade the movie with a bigger budget because Queen of Blood was made for about fifty thousand dollars. Think about that too. Wow. And hey, in the box office, just a little quick, quick deets here: um, seventeen million dollars as of, and that was as of October of '66. Not bad, not bad. Think about that investment, Richard. <laughs> good lord, not bad at all. Holy lord. So anyway, um, pretty good stuff. And you hit it right on the head. Uh, they eventually. Uh, she has these eggs, is that correct, that end right. up she's on a, Earth, right? Yeah. The idea is that she's coming to Earth to breed, and mm-hmm. she is the queen yeah. uh, of her, her species. And um, uh, anyway, so, she, yeah, she's feeding on all the occupants. Eventually, uh, the, um, the, the, uh, one of the, the female protagonists, uh, uh, who's played by Judy Meredith, mm-hmm. uh, who is another beauty – and she was actually a um, a figure skater. Uh, she starred in the Ice Follies and so forth, and found her way into acting. I mean, this is a bizarre cast. I mean, you have this Shakespearean actor Basil Rathbone. <laughs> You've got Dennis Hopper, yes. who's just a couple years away from making his directorial debut with uh, Easy Rider. Right. You've got John Saxon, who 
along with Dennis Hopper, they both came from that same kind of era. Sack, you know, everyone was looking for the next James Dean. Uh, it was like everyone was looking for the next Bob Dylan and, and John Saxon was being billed as the next James Dean that never really materialized. Right. But, uh, so Saxon and Rathbone and Dennis Hopper, and then Forrest J. Ackerman, uh, yeah, makes a can- kind of a cameo, uh, in it. And, and, and this is, um, really the guy that, that created science fiction fandom, Unbelievable. uh, um, what was the name of that? Um, oh, Famous Monsters of Filmland was the magazine. Uh, I mean, you talk to any director of a certain age, all, Spielberg and all these guys. I mean, they were absolutely mad for Famous Monsters of Filmland. Yeah, and, and Forrest Ackerman uh, brought you know brings you Dead Alive and some other you know different things that he that he uh, worked on. Basically, you know, uh, because of that fame, like you're like you're talking about, because of that notoriety, it gets from. Uh, just just from being in things like this and being kind of a you know cutting edge when he, when he did what he did so right but of course none of this meant anything to me anything to me at the time it was just I scary wasn't scary all get out I, to you <laughs> I wasn't supposed to see the movie I I just I woke up and I and then all of a sudden I was transfixed you know my eyes were glued uh, and that's the way vampires work right you're hypnotized you were hypnotized, hypnotized. You were that's hypnotized. It. and so Florence Marley. Uh, inhabited my nightmares for the next thirty years. Unbelievable. Are you um, are you still scared of vampires, Richard? Uh, I, in all honesty, when I'm uh, you know after I do my podcast and I'm making my way up the stairs in complete darkness. Yes. Uh, occasionally, I've been known to you know take a quick furtive glance over my shoulder. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know the other the other. Uh, uh, so that's 1967. Three or four years later. My older brother is uh, babysitting me. My parents went out and we're watching, I think it was the CBS late movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted to send me up to bed, but I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to go up to, to bed on my own. Right. So I, he said, okay, you're going to sit here and you're going to watch this movie. Well, it was the pilot episode of the Night Stalker with the, Darren McGavin. <laughs> and the, the, the episode had to do with this vampire who mm-hmm. was stalking Las Vegas mm-hmm. and, and, uh, uh Drinking the blood of all of these, uh, you know, these young Vegas uh, starlets and so forth. So that's sort of further cemented, you know, my yeah. uh, my fear of vampires. How about it? Um, any okay? Let's do this. I, I, have you? Is there any realistic um, I- any realism to vampires? I know we're kind of kind of offshoot conversation there. Anyone on, has there been anyone on your any any of your shows that have have talked about vam, vampires? Oh yeah, I've done. Uh, I mean, I do have this 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 uh, fear, uh, but but also a morbid fascination uh, with them. So I, I yeah, I've done a number of shows. I, I went to England for my television program and interviewed uh, Bishop Manchester in the south of England, who was part of the 1969 Highgate Vampire. Um, mass hysteria. Wow. Uh, I don't know if you know about uh, the Highgate vampire, but this was um, a suburb of London and, and people swore that they saw a vampire in the cemetery. Whoa. And uh, uh, there were animals found, um, you know, w- with puncture wounds and, and um, drained of blood. Amazing. And there were a couple of schoolgirls who claimed that they had been attacked. Uh, so Bishop Manchester... Uh, who is a uh, who claimed to be a descendant of Lord Byron, 
So I met up with him in the south of England, and uh, he claims to have slayed the uh, the bishop or the the vampire wow. of, uh, of Highgate Cemetery. It's quite a fascinating story. It's amazing, and he tells it well. And of course, you go there, and he's all decked out in his uh, his vestments and everything. I don't a, a bishop of what? I have no idea. Well, his own, you know, he's his own bishop, so it's fine. But uh, it's yeah, fascinating, <laughs> fascinating character. Cool. Um, that's on your TV show, right? Yeah, I think we did that. In, that was season two, I think. We went over to England, and we did a bunch of episodes. We did one on Princess Diana and um, uh, the vampire and uh, Rendlesham Forest, the Rendlesham Forest UFO uh, incident. Uh, yeah, we did three or four episodes over there. That was a great time. It was February, and uh, it's it was cold and damp. And with England, it doesn't matter. You go inside, you still can't get warm. No central heating. <laughs> Uh, there was no escaping the, the the damp and the cold. So. It's always a three dog night in England. Then you got reason? it. Um, I watched. Uh, this is going to be me talking here, the JV conspiracy uh, talking person. Uh, I watched Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. Oh, when yes. I was growing up, right? And I remember um, watching it and being just any time it was aliens, um, ghosts, anything on that. I would like you were talking about your Queen of the Dead scenario. I would just be scared to death. Like, and it always cracks me up. Did you watch that show? I I saw a few episodes, and uh, I I just I love Jack um, or Robert Stack's whole persona. Yes, uh, his trench you know, coat. Yeah, with playing the uh, the the G man. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more into Leonard Nimoy's In Search of, okay. which was around maybe a little earlier than that. Okay. But uh, I certainly remember. Uh, unsolved mysteries but I, I i wasn't a regular watcher are there any other um sci-fi shows uh that you are into shows or even like we can even talk about other movies that you are like that's the that that is the the top of science fiction for you i have to be honest i was never a huge sci-fi guy however um planet of the apes okay the original the original uh planet of the apes uh, escape from a planet of the apes, or beneath the planet of the apes, escape from the planet of the apes, conquest of the planet of the apes. That whole series, I own it on DVD, and um, it was a, a very early on in my relationship when I was courting my lovely bride, the the mighty Aphrodite. That was one of the first sort of touchstones that we discovered in conversation that we both had this great affection for that uh, for that series, the planet of the apes. So. Uh, that I, I guess that would have to be, um, you know, right up there for me. Um, let's talk about this on your shows. Okay. You have many different guests bring different topics on. Are there, are there any of those topics that you kind of see these patterns forming that, Hey, th- there's a lot of truth to what they're, these people are bringing on. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Oh yeah. Uh, I always, make the point that I'm not, I don't consider myself to be a conspiracy theorist. Okay. Uh, I happen to be a broadcaster who's interested in conspiracies. Good, yeah. But there, and I always also say that to believe that everything is a conspiracy is as useful as saying that nothing is a conspiracy. <laughs> Obviously, conspiracies happen all the time. Uh, they happen, you know, corporations collude, they conspire, they fix prices, uh, you know, whenever two people gather in a room and and plot to do something usually illegal, that's a conspiracy. Gotcha. So I do. Uh, yes, you can't deny that conspiracies 
uh, happen. Uh, the criminal courts lay thousands and thousands of criminal conspiracy charges every year. Uh, but I think where most people, where we, where the um, the proponents of conspiracy sort of lose the room is when they start talking about uh, you know secret societies who worship Satan and are are plotting to rule the world and uh, you know secret handshakes and drinking blood out of a skull and you know sacrificing uh, young maidens uh, before the statue of Baal or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. I don't I don't go that far, but I do subscribe I do subs- subscribe to the notion that there are very powerful groups mm-hmm. uh, that are trying to control the resources on this planet. They they're in they don't have our best interest in mind. They they look at us as to quote Henry Kissinger, useless eaters. Uh, <laughs> we're basically cattle, and uh, uh, you know they 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 own the monopoly board. So now they they just. They um, they don't want us using up their resources, so we're the enemy. Uh, I I subscribe to that. I don't know if they're Satan worshippers. I don't know if they drink blood out of a skull, but the, uh, they're not. You know, I don't know what they're doing exactly at these Bilderberg meetings, but I'll guarantee you they're not playing pinochle. <laughs> that, that Bilderberg meetings are happening, right? Oh, there's no question. Uh, I mean, now they acknowledge it. Uh, it was named after the Bilderberg Hotel in in the Netherlands. Uh, back in the 50s, uh, the um, uh, it was Prince Bernhard of uh, of uh, Holland, and uh, I believe it was Prince Philip of uh, Great Britain, uh, convened a kind of a round table of some of the um, the royal families and the movers and shakers and so forth. This mm-hmm. was just after the war, reconstruction of Europe was going on and so forth, uh, and you know then then it was kind of ignored and denied but now now they they admit yes we are a group we meet once we meet once a year they meet at these five-star hotels and uh you know even journalists um uh, the late peter jennings i believe was invited uh, and they're sworn to secrecy i mean to me that that's a kind of a conflict of interest uh that you would go but you're not allowed to report on what what happens inside uh, and then there's kind of a, there's a permanent steering committee, permanent membership, and then they invite other people, experts from the world of science and finance and, and the media and so forth. Uh, there's a, um, I'm not sure if she's on the steering committee, but there's a regular attendee up here in Canada, uh, who owns one of the large book, uh, bookstore chains, uh, chapters in Indigo up mm. here in Canada, okay. Heather Reisman. Heather Reisman is a regular uh, attendee, um, and I, and I'm not saying that everyone attends has ill intent, you know, towards humankind. Right, but it's it's just uh, one of those where they large groups of people, or not maybe lar- large groups, but exclusive groups of people meet in situations like that, and it can be maybe a little fishy. Is that what you're saying? Right, and no, well, because because they're doing it under the cover of darkness, and and uh, it, there seems to be this handshake, this hit, this wink, wink agreement that nobody will report on what's going on. <laughs> and I find that disturbing, particularly when you have uh, um, elected officials. Now that uh, is Hillary true. Clinton you're correct. Yeah, President Obama and and various prime ministers showing up. You know what exactly are they negotiating behind closed doors? And, and and whose best interest is uh, at you know at, whose best interest are they out for? Is that is that what you're certainly saying? yeah yeah, yeah I I I believe that there are very powerful people who try and stage manage history, uh, 
That doesn't mean they're always successful, but they try, and that is a conspiracy. That's very true. Um, oh, we have a live chat going on for our for our uh, show here. David in our live chat wants to ask this: Richard, did you get your cloud coins from uh, uh, from your Sean uh, Worthington show? Does that oh, make sense? It does. The other night on uh, the conspiracy show, we had a Bitcoin not a Bitcoin expert, a cryptocurrency expert who has created the first cloud-based cryptocurrency and it's, cal- and it's called CloudCoin. And he's giving away, doing a bit of a, a commercial here for Sean oh, that's fine. Worthington, but he's, mm-hmm. he's giving away five cloud coins for free. And the answer is no, I haven't. I have, I've been thinking, <laughs> I've been thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, because they're, I, I think they're going for, uh, they have a market cap of about 17 million and, um, they, uh, they're going for like a couple of cents a piece or less than a penny. I right. mean, that's how Bitcoin started out. Right. So, so amazing. You never know. And that, you know, you talk about that, that currency and, um, you know, Bitcoin in general, it's so like to the novice or to the person that's just the standard, Hey, I'm going to keep my money in savings and I'm going to invest here and there to the Bitcoin and, uh, you know, digital based currency like that is it's like literally I don't speak Portuguese. So it's like someone speaking <laughs> Portuguese to me and me saying, I, I don't, it's so foreign to me that I just don't. Uh, it was an education for me too, because I, I, uh, I have one foot, maybe two feet in the analog world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, always preferred vinyl to CDs and yeah. and um, all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, the idea of digital currency, uh, it was an education. I learned a lot talking to uh, to Sean. And my audience, I mean, they don't even like. I've I've held a bunch of live events, and they don't even like to order tickets online. They don't like they don't using credit it. cards. No, I mean they, you know, this whole cashless society thing, right? Where they can track you and and. Uh, you know, you can't hide anything from the government. That doesn't wash with my audience. Well, and just um, the idea of, and that is just true. Uh, Producer Phil here is very trusting of technology, <laughs> and he knows me that I'm very much like I'm. Hey, I'm afraid. I was hey, gonna say you're speaking Jack's language. I right didn't now. buy. I didn't buy online, Richard, for a long time, and now it's become a necessity. And I maybe, and you know, what we were talking about earlier, maybe that's that's obviously by design. Am I correct? Where they've they funnel it to, hey, we've got to, this is where it's at. It's all digital. We've got to, we've got it. You've got to, uh, your money will be kept digitally. Is there really right. money? I mean, that's, that's my, my thing is once we left the gold standard, once we left the silver standard, what's, there's not, it's paper. What is money? It's right. paper. Well, and it's, now it's yeah. fiat uh, currency. It's, yeah. it's created out of thin air now it's as code. debt. Well, yeah. yeah, digital currency makes it even more watered down. Yeah, and there's nothing to it. So anyway, I, that's a uh, that's a conspiracy that I definitely could definitely could get on board with because I it scares the bejeebies out of me. But um, man, what's your favorite favorite topics? And we may have already hit on it talking about um, Bilderberg's and and uh, and and that line. Favorite topics that you get to talk about on your shows? Well, it's it's something that I. Normally, I don't take any of this stuff home with me. I, uh, I I discovered long ago, after seeing some of my colleagues who toil in the same arena, uh, kind of peer over the edge into the abyss. Uh, I decided I was going to compartmentalize my life, and I I don't generally talk about this stuff when I come home. Yeah. Um, but 
one of the things that has sort of seeped into, you know, daily dinner conversation or, you know, pillow talk with my, uh, my wife, um, is ever since the election of, of, of Trump is globalism versus the nation state. Uh, and this has become kind of a passion, uh, for me. Uh, and I don't know if my audience is as receptive, uh, to it. Uh, the, you know, there's a, a large portion of the audience that, that wants me to talk about, uh, UFOs and the paranormal, mm-hmm. uh, and chemtrails, but yeah. uh, they, they don't all get on board when I get political. So I have to be careful about that. But, you know, you and I are, we're just chatting across the backyard fence. There you go. Uh, globalism, uh, to me is, is, uh, pernicious, uh, toxic evil, uh, and, um, love or hate Donald Trump. What he represents is maybe the sort of the last stand of the nation state against the, the globalists. And now we're starting to see sort of, uh, inklings in, in Europe, uh, places like Poland and Hungary and the Czech Republic, which recently just passed their own second amendment, uh, and they're starting to stand up to the the European Union, and of course Brexit. That was part of right. It. That was the tip, so, the tipping point for a lot of that. Uh, I think outside of uh, just uh, American media talk, we'll say was yes. when, once Brexit Brexit went down. It was people were like, I, people. A lot of people's hair was on fire because it was kind of like, what what's happening? Right. You know? so, right. And and then now, uh, I mean, the intrigue. It's what's going on. On a daily basis in the United States, now with the revelations about the FBI and forming their own secret society and meeting off site and finding a way to bring down the president, which is sedition, mm-hmm. incidentally, right. uh, it, 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 it's, it every day is like another Robert Ludlum novel. <laughs> so it's, it's fascinating from that aspect, but also as someone you know, who's a father of two young boys uh, uh, and a Bible-believing Christian and a conservative uh, and someone who believes in the in the nation state as the best safeguard against uh, uh, the best safeguard for individual liberties, uh, I am I am following this this uh, titanic struggle uh, between globalism and the nation state, which, as of 2016, has really spilled out, you know, onto the the main stage, uh, and is now being talked about. I mean, prior to 2016, I never heard a major television uh, TV hosts use terms like the deep state. Right. right. Uh, now it's used every day, practically. So this, to me, has been fascinating to watch. Almost as a catch. That, that term's used almost as a catch-all in some, in some ways, I think. Yes, um, it is. Yeah. Um, do you think it was the, the, the push for, the, that maybe, maybe the, push, the pull, push and pull of uh, nation-state and uh, globalism does it go back before um, this and further back all the way, basically, I mean, back as far as we can see or it goes all the it, way to all the way to Nimrod, I suppose, who, <laughs> you know, had uh, was probably one of the first uh, individuals who had aspirations of sort of a, a, a global empire, one world uh, government. Yeah, it's always been there, but it wasn't as visible Um it's it's been it's been laid bare now because because of media and social media and the fact that there's just it's harder to it's maybe it's harder to hide those uh, those the overall agendas of of different people. 
Well, I think because President Trump started calling people out, he, he started <laughs> naming it. He started calling it for what it was, right. uh, which had people on both sides of the aisle uh, upset. You know, the establishment Republicans who are who are globalists, many of them. Uh, yeah, it's like, what is he's he's calling us out? What is he doing? <laughs> Jeb Jeb Bush didn't have a, as good of a run uh, as I think a lot of those folks expected. I think in in the election, would you agree? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I think I think he like Hillary thought. I think both of them thought they were the anointed ones. Uh, and so they were both the sort of the pre-approved candidates on the slate. And at that point, it didn't matter whether it was Bush or Hillary who got in, who, whichever one got in, the establishment wins again, which is, I think, how it works in a certain way. So to have this, uh, outs- this upstart, brash outsider uh, come in and upset the apple cart that way uh, and I mean, listen, I, I, perhaps I, I'm, um, I, I'm suspending a little bit of disbelief and believing that the system actually isn't rigged entirely so that, you know, a guy like Trump could get in. Unless it's some sort of weird double switch. Uh, the friend, uh, the, the friend of, wait, the enemy, what, what's, what's the saying? Richard, help me. Please help me, Richard. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, the, enemy the enemy of my enemy is my friend. There you go. I'm smart. Yeah. Me, 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 no <laughs> words, me understanding words, Richard. Um, well, very cool. Very cool. Um, I love your show. I love listening to your show. You have a great, uh, presentation. Um, and it's always just, man, it's so much fun that, like I said, in our local affiliate, it is on, um, uh, in the afternoons. So it's, it's on at the end of the day. Nothing is more, um, it's so easy to just drive home. It's a laid back, uh, hey, you're just talking to your guest you have on. And you always get great guests. I mean, that's one of those where they're, they're normally, it's an author, correct? Or, or it's uh, some sort of creator in general. And well, ty- typically the, um, the guests have written a book, which is, to me, it's the new journalism. You, you can't. You can't tackle these sorts of issues in a 800-word column or a, or a story. These, that's what I, I, I am fascinated by these people and admire them uh, because they've, in many cases, they have given up everything in order to research uh, and study uh, at risk, you know, being ostracized by their peers and their family to, to write these books. And I, I just I find that commendable. And, and um, in many cases, I mean, these this is some serious, serious journalism going on. And it's to be found in books uh, these days, not newspapers. Interesting. Then just the amount of research that goes into writing. And have you authored books before? I have not. Uh, much to the mighty Aphrodite's uh, annoyance. She's always on me to write a book. I've, I've been asked to write forewords to books uh, and blurbs that go on the back you know, cover, uh, one of these days, one of these days, what should, Alice, <laughs> yeah, one of these days, what should we expect, uh, this book to be about? Now we have to push to get you to write this book. What's it going to be know, about? Um, I, I think if I were to write a book, I would, uh, I would write historical fiction, uh, that would include time travel. Mm, I like it. That's about as, as far as I've gotten. I love it. I had, I had, I had, uh, thought about writing a book 
about, you know, going back, uh, and saving John Lennon's life, and then the Beatles reuniting. But then somebody beat me to the punch. I see. Really? Yeah, a couple oh. of people have written that book, so <laughs> that's all right. They probably would have done a better job. No, come on now. Find a way. Find a way, Richard. But, I, but I, I've always I love time travel, the concept of time travel. So I, I think that would find its way into my, into my book. It's awesome. Um, well, Richard, I we appreciate the time you spent with us. How can folks uh, now? Do you uh, you are on Twitter, correct? I am on Twitter at Richard Serrett. Do you, do you uh, Facebook? Do you have? Did your did your show? Either your shows yeah, have a Facebook a, page. The the cons the conspiracy show with Richard Serrett is on Facebook, and then there's just a Richard Serrett Facebook. W what I do is I just I um I tweet, and then it automatically goes to the to Facebook. So I don't oh, spend a whole lot right. of time on Facebook. Uh, then there's the YouTube channel for the conspiracy show radio. So you can watch the radio if you'd like. Phenomenal. Uh, and that usually streams live on Sunday nights. It's so 21st century of you, Richard. There you uh, kick dragged kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, sir. We, we are so glad um, that you were willing to come on and uh, you know, it's uh, uh, it's just a pleasure, man. I mean, seriously, an honor that you were willing to come on and uh, you're welcome anytime. Oh, I appreciate that. It's a fun concept for a show, the Horrible Movie Podcast. Yeah, it's, uh, everyone loves to sit around and talk uh, about movies, so I think you're on to something. We'll see. We'll see. And if you come up with another horrible movie you'd like to talk about, you just bring it on. And, no shortage of those. No, there's not. There's not. I, Thank God. Our saying is, uh, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. So, <laughs> so any rate, that has double on the man with the man with two heads with Ray Milland and Rosie Greer. There we go. There you go. Your second we'll appearance, sir. That. Thank you so much. Great. Yeah. All right. All Gentlemen, right. thank you. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate <laughs> it. Nighty night. Nighty night. Well, Richard, uh, thanks for coming on. And um, we really, we really appreciate you, sir. Thanks for letting me come on and promote Conspiracy Unlimited. I have oh, yeah. another podcast. Um, I can't give you the name of it yet, but it's. Um, it was supposed to debut Jan 31, but it's been pushed back. It's going to be on Westwood One and wow. the Jericho Network. And the, what, and the Jericho Chris, Network? Chris, Jer Chris Jericho. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's cool. Uh, that is so awesome. So next time I can tell you more if I come well, on again. Wow. Uh, cool. Thanks, okay. man. Hey, Thanks, thank guys. you so much. Have a great All one, right. okay? Have a go Royals. You know it. <laughs> you know it. Thank you, sir. Right. Bye. Good night. Bye. All right, folks. Well, I'm telling you right now, um, I don't know if you could hear it in my voice, but I was so pumped to have Richard Serrett on the show. Um, I um, have been really uh, working hard to get um, high-quality guests between uh, Jared Chester pulling a bunch in for us um, and just me just working working out, you know, Trying to trying to pull in guests, and Richard Serrett was a huge guest. That announcement at the end, Phil, are you kidding me? Huge. Hey, he's going to have a new podcast, folks, unnamed, on the Chris Jericho Network, which is a podcast network that's migrated now to Westwood One, which is a huge media group. Oh my gosh! Anyway, and I'm going to say that was the world premiere announcement of his new show. I don't know if that's real or not, but I'm going to say that he debuted it on our podcast. We'll claim it. We he made it. Yeah, maybe there'll be like a. 
Yahoo News story tomorrow morning. <laughs> I don't think Yahoo News, anyone at Yahoo listens to the show. I don't know if there's actually news there. I think people just post things on some cork board. You think, and, you, and, and then Yahoo picks them up. Like you think Huffington Yahoo, Post puts stuff on their website, <laughs> say, and then they You think Yahoo it. is all copy and paste? Oh, I, it's all ads that are from other, like their news is all ads. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> it's, all ad, it's all news from, from other sites. Look at it. It's weird. Yahoo. You should talk to Richard. Yahoo. It, their tagline should be, Yahoo, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, at the first, when I, back in the mid-90s when I first got on the internet with a 288 modem yeah. <laughs> screeching thing, uh, the first the first and only search engine that I used was Yahoo. I, I didn't even touch Google for years. Yeah, I well, I still don't necessarily trust Google, but we kind of have to, don't we? Yeah, we should have talked to Richard about Google. Dude, he, he could go on. What do you on. think about Google? Yeah, I should have said that. Yeah. Ah, maybe next time. If next he, time, if he comes back on, maybe we'll ask him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he said he would, right? Yes. Okay, good. I forget things, guys, and I get so excited about guests. He wants to talk about that movie with the two, two heads. heads, two headed man, two headed monster. Man with two heads. Man with two heads. There you go. I got it right the fourth time. time. (laughs) Um, But, folks, thanks for tuning in. Remember, um, live show. uh, And we're going to try to go on Spreaker Live for that thing. I think we can do Um, it. And that's going to be a live show. It's January 27th. That's this coming Saturday. Um, Here, uh, it's like I said, Springfield area, if you're around. uh, Springfield, Missouri area, come out. Um, We'll start 7 o'clock p.m. That's Central Time Zone. If you want to come out and watch the movie with us, 4.45 p.m., just come hang out with us. Bring some food down there. Um, uh, the building is at Cross Point Fellowship in Republic. Just type it in your Google machine. <gasps> Google. Dang you, Google. <laughs> and um, just check it out. Come out. It's be fun. Um, yeah. Free giveaway stuff. It's going to be awesome. 100th episode. It's a Can you believe mi- this? It is a milestone. Can you believe we've done 100 of these? Yeah, it's crazy. I asked my wife the same question today. And she's like, yeah, I totally. She said... I said, did you, did you think we'd ever get to 100? She said, you know what? And this is a, a compliment to you and Jared, uh, for the most part, not myself, really. Um, but she said, you know what? Bigger than 100 episodes is all the huge guests you guys have had over the last 100 episodes. I can't believe some of the guests we've gotten on No, it show. blows my mind. The people. Well, one, Richard Serrett, who just talked, we just yeah, talked to. Yeah, huge. Um, Kevin Eastman, the, he created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we talked to him. Oh, my gosh. I, I was at the lake and I talked to him. <laughs> Chris Ballou, the lead singer of the Presidents. Yeah, that's dude. That, I'll never forget. That. I bought I bought the Presidents uh, that that tape, and I bought the CD, and I recently bought it again, the first one. Yeah. And I have um, their second one, two, which is this the Roman numeral two. I've had it twice. It's so I mean unbelievable. Just the people that have been on. But but one hundred man, that's a big, that's a celebration. That's why I'm, that's why I wanted to have a live show, like for literally that only reason, just because I'm like it's a hundred episodes. Two years worth of audio, like you can listen to, like you know, what I'm saying once one a week for the next two years. If you just who's bringing the champagne? Well, I don't know. If, I mean, maybe I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe some sparkling grape juice. Um, you can go to Bears next door, and they will. They anyway, have champagne. They do. I'm sure they do. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in, folks, and appreciate it. Uh, seriously, good times, good fun, and uh, we just have fun. So check it out. Oh, by the way, go back on and check out the commute six. This week, it's a crazy episode. Would you say it's a long one, but it's fun? Yeah, you know, it's good. Drive to work tomorrow. I, everyone listening to that show knows that your commute is yeah. at least twenty eight minutes long. Well, listen. Well, <laughs> we were up against it on that one. So anyway, all right, <laughs> guys, we we really appreciate you. Thanks so much. Let's see you soon. <laughs>